Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. How many people want to be changed? A few days ago, when I was praying about the revival service tonight, and I was talking to God, I actually have the privilege of doing a lot of revival services all the time. Uh, Sunday afternoon, sometimes Sunday morning, and every month I travel to many places. And in each place, the revival service may be like four services. So it's kind of regular thing for me to be in revival services and worship and preach and lay hand and uh, move in the Holy Spirit. But even that, I told the Lord a few days ago, Lord, I will not come to this revival service this Friday because I have a job to do. I have a duty of a preacher and pastor who lay hand on people. Yeah, it's my job. I need to get my job done. I told him, it's not my job. I say to him, Lord, I myself need revival. I myself need to stay in the fire all the days of my life. I need more. Not just the people who come on Friday night. I, Varun Lahaprasit, need to stay in revival. I need the fire of God in my life. If no one else show up here tonight, or maybe two persons show up, I still need to be in the fire of God myself. I told the Lord, I appreciate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. How many of you, let me ask this question. You work in a job, and your boss who can fire you, or who can give you a promotion, who can give you bonus, call you into the room and say, Mr. So-and-so, I want you to do this for me. This is what you need to do for the company. And you just ignore the listen and walk away and never do anything for it, for what he say. Will you do that? Thank God I didn't do that when I was at Harborview Hospital. This is why Dr. Wynn loved me so much. I'm the number one employee or resident because everything that Dr. Wynn told me to do, yes, sir, I take care right away. I always listen to my boss what he wants me to do because I know my future depends on his mercy on me. And now I look back. Because he loved me, he really appreciated me. When I finished my training at University of Washington, he guided me to get a good job in Bellevue. Other residents had to leave town. They could not stay around. But for me, he said, you can stay because I honor you and I loved you. He promoted me, he gave me because I'm an employee who always listened to my boss. Now, look back 2,000 years ago. The Lord Jesus Christ was walking on earth. Thousands of people were following him. They saw with their own eyes that the Holy Spirit was on Jesus. He was so anointed. He healed everybody who came to him by faith. He cast out demons. He fed 5,000 men including women with five loaves and two fish. He raised the dead. He was an amazing man in the eyes of people. He was not only a man, but he was God. And thousands of people followed him everywhere. And one day, before he left the earth, before he went up to heaven, he said like this in Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Jesus said, Behold, 
I sent the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Let me ask this question: If you could have gone back to Israel two thousand plus years ago, and you were standing around Jesus, and he opened his mouth and say, "Hey guys." Don't leave Jerusalem. You must stay and wait until the promise of the Father will come on you. The promise is in the book of Joel, chapter two. He say in the Bible in Joel chapter two, "I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, men and women." And this is the instruction of the Master. Who performed miracle and taught many truth in that generation, and he was a son of God. How would you take his command? Would you say, "I don't care"? Would you say, "One of these days, when I have time, I obey him"? Would you say that, "Oh, this is not for me, maybe for somebody else"? Or you would say. Lord, this is your command. This is your instruction. I take this seriously. I will wait until the Holy Spirit comes on me. And the Holy Spirit come on people not one time. He keep coming more and more and more. That's why the Apostle Paul say in the book of Ephesians, keep being filled with the Spirit. So for me, Pastor Lau, I take this command seriously. I believe with all my heart. After walking with God for 38 years, actually more, 1980, I got saved in 1981. How many years now? Around that, 38 years, all right? 38 years have gone by. I realize now that being filled with the Spirit. Being touched by the fire of God, being revived by the anointing of God, being in the atmosphere that God can touch me and feel me, is an absolute necessity. It's an absolute thing that I should not miss. It's like the same thing you should not miss: sleeping, exercise, and eat balanced food. If you don't do those basic things, your life can be in trouble. And I totally sold out that every believer on earth should not just only go to church, read the Bible, listen to good teaching, serve God, but one of the very absolute necessity for Christian life. But unfortunately, most Christians don't know about this and don't even care. Is to being in the outpouring of the Spirit all the days of their life. If you read the Book of Acts carefully, God gave us the pattern that in the Book of Acts they were filled first time on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two. But after that, if you read, continue to read other chapter, again outpouring in Acts chapter eight. Acts chapter 10, on and on and on and on, that God keep pouring the Spirit upon the early church again and again and again. But that kind of thing disappear from the body of Christ because people ignore Luke chapter 24 verse 49, the command of Jesus Christ. My job is to inspire you, to encourage you, to be obedient children of God. To take the command of Jesus Christ seriously, that we need to wait. We are not waiting in Jerusalem, but we are waiting to meet God. It's the element of waiting and not just observing what happened to other people, but you come with the attitude: I need the touch of God myself. I need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit myself. I am one of Jesus' disciples. Therefore, I need to obey the command of Jesus. Can you imagine? Thousands of people follow Jesus, 
but only 120 people left in that building. Where are the rest of people? They follow Jesus from place to place, but when the time of obeying the command of Jesus that is to be filled with the fire and the Spirit of God, a lot of them disappear, and that's what happened to today too. The same thing happened from generation to generation. Not not everybody who follow God wants the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They just want to be Christian, waiting to go to heaven, reading the Bible here and there a little bit, go to church every Sunday, one hour service, and go home. That's all they want. But God said, "No, you need to wait. You need to be touched, and you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit." If you read the Bible carefully, everywhere Paul went, there was either a revival or there was a riot. Either people hated him and want to arrest him and kill him, or revival. Everywhere Paul went in the early church time, there was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. When Peter showed up in the house of Cornelius, there was an outpouring of the Spirit. The outpouring of the Spirit was a common thing in the early church time, and it should not stop in this time. We are still in the same dispensation. We are still continuing the Book of Acts, and we need to continue the same pattern. Thank God, we can save soul. Thank God we can make disciple, but only saving soul and making disciple are not enough. We need to obey Jesus' command. Wait until His disciple are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, after many years of being in the fire of God, I understand more why Jesus commanded us to be in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I tell you why. Many reasons. And one of the reasons is this: many times people come to know God, become a believer, go to church, but they're still in a lot of bondages in their life. The bondage from their family, from the curses of the family, generational curse, the bondage of demons in them. Some of them still addicted to pornography, to gambling, to drinking, smoking, short temper. Some even pastor watch pornography, commit adultery. So you may be saved in the sense of you don't go to hell because you give your life to Jesus, but you may be in certain bondage. And I believe that one of the most scary bondage in the church is the bondage of religion, the spirit of religion, like the Pharisees and Sadducees. A few days ago, I was laughing when I read the message in the line. You know, line L I N E. One of our members, 30 years old man, went back to Thailand and became a evangelist who went to many city every month and preached, and thousands of people accept Christ. He's only 30 years old. A pastor in Thailand wrote in the line, say this way. This evil guy, he's so young. He never went through Bible school. He's not old like me. He's wicked to preach the gospel. You should not listen to this guy, including his pastor, which is me. <laughs> When I read that, and the man who wrote that message is a pastor, and when I read that, right away God spoke to me two things. Number one. Should you be glad that a 30 years old man, instead of going out and drink and have fun with the world, he travel around to preach the gospel? You should rejoice. Amen. Two, you should pray for him. You're older. Three, where is love in the body of Christ? Where is love? You should love the man instead of attacking the man. Where is love? You know what? This is the spirit of religion. Very scary. I believe that a lot of people in America walk away from church because they are offended by the spirit of religion. You can be a believer, 
You can call the name of Jesus. You can pray, beautiful prayer, in the name of Jesus, blah, blah, blah. But you're so full of bondage. You're so full of religion in you that when people come around you, they're scared and they want to stay, step away from you. And your evangelism is not effective. People don't want to be around you because you're so prideful. You're so like, uh, look at me. I know a lot of Bible. You're just nothing. The spirit of Pharisees and Sadducees, the spirit of religion all over the world. And that caused the kingdom of God to be hindered. That spirit causes the name of Jesus to be despised by non-believers. And I believe Jesus say, hey guy, or this Jewish Christian in that generation, go to Jerusalem, wait in Jerusalem until my fire would come down and burn all this bondage and all this spirit out of you. Do I need it? I need it too. Because I have some religious spirit before I became a Christian. I used to be a Buddhist. And do I have some bondage in my life? Yes, I have. Do I myself need the fire of God? Do I myself need to be burned out of this spirit of thing or the bondage in my life? Yes, I need to be burned by God. Will the touch of God one time in my life make me like Jesus? One time, one revival service come and boom, I become like Jesus. No. That's why the Bible say, when we come into his glory, when we unveil our face and behold his presence, we are transformed from glory to glory to glory to glory until we become like Jesus Christ. Jesus could not change us by one touch because we would not be able to handle it. It's too much to handle with one surgery. Too long. When I perform surgery on, sometimes people have a neck problem and back problem, and I calculate your neck surgery is three hours, your back surgery is about three hours, four hours. I will tell my patient, I'm sorry, I could not do both in one setting. Too long, the surgery. It takes about eight hours in anesthesia. I think I should do one, and you come back three months later, I will do another one. The same thing. God cannot change us in one touch. We will not be able to handle it. But what happened in that generation? A lot of people did not wait in Jerusalem. They did not see the importance of being touched by the Spirit of God. They left. In Acts chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, the Bible says, But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends, the very bowels of the earth. And when he has said this, even as they were looking at him, he was caught up, and a cloud received and carried him away out of their sight. What was the last command of Jesus before he disappeared from earth? Left up, he was caught up to heaven. He said, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and you need to be touched by the fire of God. And then he says, so that you can be a good witness. How can you be a good witness if your life is in a mess? If your life is so full of hatred, addiction, problem, religious spirit, all kinds of problems, you cannot be a good witness. God needs to not only empower you so that you can witness with power, but to God, need to cleanse you, get rid of all the junk in your life so that everywhere you go, you look glorious, you look humble, loving, you are so anointed, you're so full of the glory of the Lord, and people who come around you see you laugh and smile and merciful, they say, I like what you have. How can I have what you have? And they will follow you to church. They will follow you to care group. And they will ask you, what can I do to have what you have? They're jealous of you because you're so righteous, loving, kind, forgiving, not short temper, 
not religious, you are so merciful and giving and generous to people. You're so blessed. Your life so blessed. You're healthy. You have a lot of money to give to people. When people see that in your life, that you're so blessed under the glory of God, then they will say, I will accept Jesus Christ. That's why revival will bring souls into the kingdom of God. I can see now in many churches that we are taking care of around the world. So many families coming to know Jesus as a big family. When the wife got saved, the husband got saved. The husband and the kids see the change in, in the wife and in the mom, then they come to church. And then the parents follow and they got saved. Because they see the change after all these believers got touched by the fire, got touched by the Holy Spirit, and their life is changed. Amen? Amen. In Acts chapter 2, verse 39, the Bible says, For the promise of the Holy Spirit, that is the promise, Joel chapter 2, verse 28, is to and for you and your children and to and for all that are far away, even to and for as many as the Lord our God invites and bids to come to himself. Are you called by God to come to him? You think the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is for you today in this generation? You notice the way the Bible says in Amplified Bible, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is not only for that generation, but those who are far away. We are far away from Jerusalem. We are in Seattle right now. And are we called by God? God loves us. God wants us to receive the Holy Spirit. Is that right? So the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is for us as well in this generation. We are those who are far away from Jerusalem, from the disciple in that generation. A lot of people overlooked the command of Jesus Christ. And they forget about the element of waiting and pressing in and desiring and being hungry, being desperate for the touch of God. If we want to have the touch of God, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we cannot be a drive-through Christian. A drive-through Christian drive the car to the window. One big Coke, one Big Mac. How much? Ten dollars. This is my credit card. Two minutes later, boom, Big Coke and Big Mac and drive away. Christianity is not drive-through. But Christianity is about hunger, thirst for the things of God. Waiting, waiting, pressing in, waiting on God. Set yourself apart. Sometime I want you to come with me to revival service in other city. In Seattle, in my own church, you don't need to set apart that much. Because you drive only 15 minutes to here. Or you spend on the road only maybe half an hour. But when you go to certain revival services, people have to spend, like sister who came from St. Paul, Minnesota. They have to be at the airport this morning at 4 a.m. Get on the airplane, pay the airplane ticket. Came here, three hours on the airplane. Almost four hours on the airplane. This is a really set apart. They set apart, they wait, they separate themselves for that routine thing to come to this revival service. That's why revival service in other states or in other cities are very powerful. Because when people get there to that camp, they are serious. They're not just there to kind of watch. They're really hungry. They miss their work. They have to miss work for a day or two in order to get there. They have to pay for the traveling, for the hotel, everything. And that's what happened to me in 1996, 1997, when I began to press into the fire of God. No one showed up in Seattle to lay hand on me. What do I need to do? I need to fly. I need to pay for the airplane ticket. I need to spend money to rent a car, rent a hotel. And when I go to that meeting, they start the first meeting at 10 a.m. and they finish the meeting by 2. I did not have lunch. 
Then I was jet lagged and tired. I went back to the hotel and hurried to sleep a little bit. And went back again at 6 p.m. to line up on the door because I want to sit in the front. If I don't go early to stand in the front, I will sit in the back. I want to be in the front so in case the pastor has mercy on me and call me because the pastor didn't lay hand on anybody, on everybody in the meeting. He lay hand only, only a few people at a time. He will not do like me. So I have to be there early, stand on the line. And when the door opened, I ran in, put my jacket, put my everything so that Pastor Dab will have seat, so my friend can have seat. And we want to make sure you book the seat. <laughs> and we wait there. The meeting started at 7. The door opened at 6. We have to be there before 6 to be in the line. Yes. We set apart. We are hungry. And I tell you, when they start to worship, I worship the Holy Spirit came down. They don't, no one had to lay hand on me. I begin to get drunk because I press in. I set myself apart. I separate myself from job, from my practice. I'm willing to pay the price. I press in. I was hungry. I want to have the visitation of the spirit of the living God on my life because I was so desperate to change. I don't want to be the same man again. I don't want to be the same pastor. I want to be a new man. I want the power of God. I need the anointing. I need the life of God. Yes. A few days ago, I was walking in Evergreen Hospital after surgery. I was walking out to the parking lot and I said, God, I choose life. I don't choose death. And you know, God spoke to me, life come from my spirit. Therefore, keep pressing into the spirit of God. I want life. When I turn 80 years old, 90 years old, I still have life. I'm still awake and I'm still very energetic and still healthy because the life of God is in me. Because I welcome the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, quickens my body, quickens me, give life to my mortal body. I choose the Holy Spirit. If I move in the Holy Spirit in this church and have to lose all the millionaire and billionaire and all the people because they don't like me, too bad. I let them go. I choose the Holy Spirit in this church. I don't choose money and choose rich people. But thank God some rich people are here. <laughs> Amen? Because he is the most important person in the church. He's the most important person in my life. He gave me life. He healed me. He anointed me. He used me. He set me free. He changed me from glory to glory to glory. He transformed me. He sanctified me to be holy like Jesus. I cannot be a real Christian, be a real born, like, fruitful disciple without the filling of the Holy Spirit and the touch of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm saying all of these things to inspire you that this is important. This is not just another revival service. And oh yeah, go through the motion. I need to show up tonight because if I don't show up, Pastor Lau may not be happy with me. <laughs> he may think that I'm not a good member, so I need to show up anyway. No, this is serious. This is important to all of us. Amen? We are the people who are far away. And again, as I say, it's impossible in my mind to think how in the world only 120 people show up at the end. I believe a lot of people show up in that building in Jerusalem on the day that Jesus left and they all show up in that room. They were waiting. They were waiting. But many of them did not wait any longer. Many of them have appointments. They have something to do. They see that other things more important than the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And they left. Can you imagine if you were in that situation and you left? And you miss the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You miss the big thing. Today, one of my patients said to me, You are a pastor? Say yes, say yes. And the daughter said, Thank God, you are the Christian neurosurgeon. Yes, and I love God. I'm not going to do anything bad to you. I'm very highly ethical man. Very fear God. And I told them before they left my office, my exam room, nothing in the world 
I say like this, really. Nothing in the world is better than to know God and to feel by His presence. And they say, Amen. <laughs> we have fun in the office. Really, nothing is better to know God, to know that you will be in heaven one day, you can have a new body. And in this world, nothing is better than to be filled with the presence of God, to walk under the anointing, to have the fire of God burning on the inside of you. The best in the world is to live like that, to live in the presence of God and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why I wait. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the problem with human being. The problem of human being is this. Number one, we have to deal with time. We have only 24 hours a day. And some of us usually go to bed around nine. So to, have to come to the service and 8.45, Pastor Lao still preaching, you start to feel a little bit uneasy because I used to go to bed at nine. We deal with time. Is that right? We have limited time, and sometimes we are tired from work. Two, we have to deal with the flesh. The flesh, right now, maybe say, I'm hungry, I haven't eaten dinner yet. Because I came from work, I have to drive to the traffic and come here, I haven't eaten dinner. My stomach... (laughs) Not only that, I'm tired today. I work, physical work, I'm tired. The flesh going to cry out to you. I have to leave right now. I'm not going to wait. The time, the flesh, and number three, tradition. Many Christians grow up in the Christian tradition that you go to church only Sunday, singing three songs, three hymns and three hers, and preaching 15 minutes, and the service lasts about one hour, 15 minutes, and at the end of the service, you all sing doxology. We all stand up. Da, 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 da. I don't know how to sing. The way they sing like this. Da, 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 da. Amen. And everyone walk out of the building and go to have lunch at some restaurant on Sunday and then go home and watch some football game. And is that it's a tradition of most Christians in the world. So we are dealing with time, the flesh, and the tradition. To come to a special service. To come and the pastor preach too long in your eyes. To come and pastor start to lay hand. What? Hey, what's going on here? And some people cry. And some people will demon come out. And you say, oh, I don't grow up in the church this way. This is weird. My tradition say, one hour, 50 minutes, doxology, go home. If something else more than this is wrong. So in order to get into revival, in order to get into the file of God, you have to press in through the veil or the, the wall of time. You have to press in through the wall of the flesh and the wall of tradition. I remember the first revival service that we went in Tampa, Florida. It's a minister conference. And Pastor does sit in the, that hotel meeting room. And the evangelists start to move in the fire. Some Japanese pastor from Japan start to dance and laugh and cry. And it was, ooh, Pastor and I very uncomfortable because in our church we don't have that dance and cry and people shout and people fall down. One pastor, uh, African American pastor, walk out, gonna walk out to the restroom, and uh, eventually say fire. He fell under the power. He could not go to the restroom. <laughs> what happened? As a doctor, I was thinking, what happened to his bladder? <laughs> he needs a Foley catheter or something. He fell down under the power. So that is, I tell you, it makes me uncomfortable. Pastor Da even more uncomfortable than me. Because she grew up in the Catholic Church. Can you imagine Catholic Church? That kind of thing is weird. So for us, we have to press in God. Mm, this is not our tradition. But we're hungry. And that night after the first service, we went back to the hotel. We quarreled. 
Pastor Dad said, "Are you crazy to come to this meeting? I want to go home. This is weird. This is crazy." She, she was not happy with me to take her there. That is our first revival meeting. And that night, Pastor Dad had a dream, vivid dream, that she cannot go into the wedding ceremony with me. The wedding would be held at 3 p.m. And by 5 p.m., she did not finish the dress, the makeup. Hmm? 9 p.m. So I, I remember it wrong. 9 p.m., the makeup not done, the dress not done, all the guests left, and the wedding did not happen. She woke up that morning, she repented, and she said, God, show me. I am not ready to meet the groom, the Lord Jesus Christ. I need to dress up with the white linen. I need to be holy and righteous to be ready for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember the Bible talk about the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. What is the oil in their lamb? The Holy Spirit. There are churches in the world that will not be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ because they just only teach the Bible and have ceremony and tradition and everyone go home. No Holy Spirit. But the church that welcomed the fire, welcomed the Holy Spirit, burn out all the junk of the members, will be holy and righteous and ready to meet the groom. What kind of church you want to be in? I want to be in a church that ready to meet the groom. Amen? I want to be holy and pure. And let the fire of God come in to burn all the junk out of me so that I will love him more. But in order to do that, I need to obey the command of Jesus, wait in Jerusalem. I need to learn how to wait, press in, be hungry and thirsty for the things of God. Keep pressing in and pressing in. I learned that how to draw, how to drink, how to be thirsty for the things of God all these years. And you need to learn that, to draw in the things of God. Jesus said to you, can you wait? Can you press in? Can you really be hungry and press into the things of God? Unfortunately, in that generation, only 120 people pressed in. How about our generation? How many people in Seattle area are going to press into God? Are you already happy with your tradition on Sunday? Just go to church, go home. Are you happy? Or you say you want more of God? When I gave my life to Jesus Christ in 1981, I came out from devout Buddhism. I chant, I meditate, I did everything. I went to temple after I gave my life to Jesus. I told the Lord this way. Lord, I gave up my religion and now I follow you. I'm going to follow every command, everything you say in the Bible. I will not compromise. And if you say, be filled with the Holy Spirit, I will be. If you say you need revival, yes, I will have revival. You say humble, I will be humble. I want the whole things of Christianity. I don't want only half or 30% or 70%. I want the whole thing. I may not know the whole thing now. Because I'm a human being. I'm still studying the Bible every day. But anything that God showed me in the Bible, yes, I get it. I will do it. I will follow everything you say in the scripture. I guess that on that day, only 120 people left in the upper room because, number one, many people did not take Jesus' command seriously. He said, Wait in Jerusalem until the promise of God become fulfilled and you will be filled with the power from on high. I believe a lot of people, if in this generation while he was talking, they have their 
iPad and iPhone and they were doing something. What, what, what did Jesus say? Uh, I did not hear what he said. That's one group of people. Another group of people, their mind is somewhere else. And Jesus said, wait, don't leave, press in. But they don't listen to him. Or three, some people listen. Oh, Jesus, you know, I'm very smart. I can remember all the Torah. I know all the rule and the law and all the feasts. I know all the Hebrew language and everything. I am expert in Torah. What are you talking about wait in Jerusalem? I don't need that. Or another group of people may say, I'm too busy. I need to make money. I need to go to my shop. To wait 10 days, I will lose a lot of income. I need to pay my bill. I'm not going. I'm too busy. Another group of people may say, you know, it's inconvenient. I don't want inconvenience. I'm not going to wait. Jesus, I have been in the upper room for five hours already. Too long. Bye-bye. It's inconvenient. Some people say it like this. God will move sovereignly according to his way. We have nothing to do with it. God moves sovereignly in certain church, but not in certain church because it is his will. That certain churches don't have the move of God, and certain churches have the move of God. That comment is totally wrong. The day of Pentecost has already fully come. The move of God is still on earth today. The reason some people don't get the move of God because they don't care. They don't believe, they don't want to obey God, and they don't want to pass through the tradition and time and all the veil of all the pressure in their life. They just want easy going. They want to be politically correct. They don't want to go anything beyond that tradition. And God cannot move. Because it's up to you. God already pulled out the spirit 2,000 years ago, and he's still pouring out his spirit. He has not stopped yet. But up to the believers, up to the church, whether the church and the believer wants the outpouring of the Holy Spirit or not, it's up to us. Are we pressing in? Are we hungry? Are we thirsty for the move of God? I don't know about you, but for me, I'm hungry. I will stay in the move of God all the days of my life. I want more and more of the move of God in my life. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. You can see here that this is not just a little bit of laying on of hand and alakushala papapachukutaraba, praying in tongue. No, this is the Holy Spirit atomic bomb. It was very loud. People got filled. The whole room was shaken by the fire of God. Should we see that in America? That the whole room is shaken by the fire of God. It depends on your hunger. The level of your hunger. How much you press in. You need to forget about how wealthy you are, how comfortable life you have. If you say, I have money, I don't care much, I'm comfortable. With all that lukewarmness, a lack of hunger will stop you from pressing in to the things of God. I want to inspire you. I want to encourage you. No matter how rich you are, no matter how long you become a Christian, no matter how many diplomas from Bible school you have on the wall, no matter how many Greek words and Hebrew words you know, you need still be hungry 
for the things of God. Amen. Revival is not only for 10 years ago. Revival is for every day. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is not just about 30 years ago when you got saved in the youth camp. No. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is ongoing. We need to keep pressing in deeper and deeper and deeper. Am I content with where I am now? No. I want more anointing. I want to see more people saved. I want to preach with more anointing than this. I want to have more anointing in my life. Hallelujah. Pastor Da always asks me, right now you have 2,000 people show up in Thailand in your meeting. What are you going to do with 3,000 people? You're going to lay hand on everybody? That will take about five hours. I was thinking, God, you need to give me more anointing. I just do like this. <laughs> and people fall under the power. And I believe God will give to me at that time to be able to do it. I want more anointing. Amen? I want more life. I want more faith. I want more love. I want more compassion. More patience. I want to become more like Jesus. Hallelujah. I have not arrived yet. I have not been like Jesus totally yet. I'm still far away from to becoming like Jesus. So I still need the fire of God until Jesus comes back. The revival will never stop in the local church until Jesus shows up. There is no such thing to say, I have arrived. No! As long as Jesus hasn't come back, not only you and me still need to grow and move from glory to glory. How about new believer walking? Today, Pastor Dad talked to me, what are you going to preach tonight? I said, I will preach about the fire and revival. I think you preached this 10 years ago. I think you, you already talk about this all the time on the pulpit. And you know what I answer her? Yes. But number one, listen carefully, new people come to the church. And they don't know about this. Old people mean old members, not old, not, not elder. Old. <laughs> mean people who have been here longer. Even though they listened to that 10 years ago, do they get it? No. They may get it at this level. But when they listen to the sermon tonight, they will get it deeper. Deeper. More. Understanding more light. More faith. So sometimes you have to preach some sermon about 50 times before people get it. I'm serious. Some people sit there. Okay, fire. Okay, they go home. The second time, really? Are you sure? The third time, okay la. Pastor, third time already. By the 50 times, yes, I need it. You have to preach again and again and again until people really get the revelation. Tonight, what I'd like to say, last thing. You go back to 2,000 years ago, standing for Jesus, and he speak to you, wait in Jerusalem until the power of God from on high come on you according to the promise of the Father. You do it. I command you. Will you take that command seriously or you ignore and you say, I don't care. To the master of your life, the Lord of all lords, the king of all kings, the head of the church, the prince of peace, the creator of the universe, speak like that to you. I want to say this. Somebody told me this. I don't like Pastor Lao teaching because he told me a lot of commands that God tell. I don't like the word commandments. I'd rather go to church and people talk about grace all the time. Grace, grace, grace. No, you don't have to do anything. You don't need to obey anything. Just grace of God. False grace. It's a false grace gospel. I tell you, even though we walk by the Spirit, but you know what? The Spirit of God in you will move you to obey the command. If you don't do the command in America, you're going to get a big ticket and you may go to jail. Why God give us the command? For whose benefit? 
our benefit. So even though we don't obey the command out of legalism, we obey the command by the grace of the Spirit because the grace of the Spirit inside us makes us desire to love God and to obey God. That commandment is not canceled. You still need to obey. If God command me to love my wife, I need to obey. God command me not to commit adultery, I need to obey. So don't listen to false gospel. False grace gospel now in the world, everywhere. People love that kind of preaching. Oh, you're okay. You can kill people, you still go to heaven. You can rob a bank. There is a group of people in Thailand many years ago, in year 2009 or something. This, this gospel of grace come into Thailand and people start to go that direction. And these people don't like me because I say, hey, stop cheating, stop lying, cast demon out. They say, this guy too strong. And one of our members asked the member of that church, and the leader, not member, leader of that church, if today you say you live by grace, you go out and kill somebody, will you go to heaven? He said, yes, I can kill people. When I listen to that, this is the teaching from hell. Because they forget that if you disobey God, you open the door for demons to come in and kill you and kill your kids and kill your home. Sin open door for devil, for demons. Don't sin. You need to obey God. Amen? Amen? Maybe I'm too strong, but I believe I'm right on with the Bible. And who can help us to stop sinning? The fire of God. We need the Holy Spirit, the fire, to empower us to say no to every sin and to be holy and filled with the character and the fruit of the Holy Spirit so that we can walk righteously and we can become a beautiful bride of the Lord Jesus Christ wearing the white linen ready to meet Jesus on that day. For me, I want New Hope International Church to become the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are serious about that. He is coming back for sure. And on that day when he comes back, I'm going to enter into the waiting ceremony with him. And he will put the thumb up toward New Hope and say, Good job. You are precious. You are the bride. I loved you. You are not the harlot. You are faithful to me and you are holy and pure and righteous in my eyes. Clean hand and pure heart before the Lord. Amen? Amen. We cannot have clean hands and pure heart by our own strength because we have sinful nature. We need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the fire of God to burn the junk out of our life from glory to glory to glory. Let me ask this question. Jesus command you. Let me read that one more time. Luke 24, 49. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But wait in the city of Jerusalem. Wait in this meeting. Until you are endued with power from on high. Until you get touched by the anointing and the fire of God. Will you obey him? Should we just receive the fire or the anointing speaking in tongue 20 years ago and then stop? Should we continue to be filled again and again and again? Should we? Are we serious? I'm serious about this. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, He will guide you and lead you. This Sunday, if possible, I'm going to ask one brother to share the testimony about how the Holy Spirit guided him and led him. He was converted from Muslim. And after that, he got filled with the Holy Spirit. And God saved his life from car accident. I will ask you on Sunday. And a few days ago, God, Holy Spirit, talked, speak to him and move his hand and save somebody's life. It's amazing. When you are following the Holy Spirit, you see miracles. It's easier for him to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He came from Muslim background, 
but because he did not have the church background, so he didn't have to go through tradition like some of us or some some kind of church thing, because he came out from no church into the move of God right away. So he can accept the move of God easily, without all the background of going to church. Amen. So you, if you don't mind, I ask you call you. Don't don't. Don't run away on Sunday. <laughs> I'll call you and wake you up on Sunday. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. How many people notice that since you have been in the fire of revival, your life has been changed from glory to glory? You notice that you become more on fire? You notice that you love Jesus more? You notice that some sin in your life have been Drop off or taken away by God. Some bad habits disappear from you, from glory to glory to glory. Amen. It's so important. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. And when you welcome the glory, it will come. The glory will come with also prosperity, protection, and blessing, like the house of Obed Edom. The house of Obed Edom welcome the Ark of the Covenant, the glory in that generation, and that house was blessed for three months to the point that King David was so jealous of him and say, "It's enough! I'm going to take that glory, the Ark of the Covenant, to my house." So you need to usher the glory, the presence of God. You need to keep the glory. You need to walk with the glory. You need to. Always filled with the glory, and the glory will take care of the fire of God. The presence of God will take care of you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord Jesus, Father. We thank you so much for teaching us tonight, for reminding us the importance of the commandment of Jesus to the church, to the ecclesia, your people in the church generation, Lord. Lord. We want to obey the command of Jesus. We're gonna wait. We're gonna set ourselves apart. We will, Lord, walk in the Spirit. We want to be touched by the atomic bomb of the Holy Spirit. We want to be filled with the Spirit and with the fire. We want to be cleansed and sanctified and purified by Your Spirit, Lord. Just like a laundry soap. To your priest, your servant in the house of God, so that we can be pure priests of God, and we can serve you without the spirit of religion, spirit of pride, spirit of doubt. Oh Lord, we need the fire of God, Lord. Touch your people tonight, Lord. Touch the hungry heart tonight, in the name of Yeshua Hamashiach, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.